0: Friends, Paddy's already said that. Um, We may have come out of school, but I've spoken to somebody over dinner, and I know tonight we're coming off of of work, some of us. And I used to, in my previous role in the city centre, I would meet... Rolls-Royce is a big employer in Derby, and so I would go and meet some of the guys for lunch at Rolls-Royce. And I'll tell you what, there's a difference between seeing a 25-year-old person on a Sunday morning, sprightly, ready to go, And on a Wednesday lunchtime when they've come off of meetings and training and all of that stuff. So I'm aware that as we come in on a Friday evening, we may not be kind of totally up for this. Um, So I'd love you, and if you could, and I know it's a very churchy thing to do, so if you really don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you could turn to the person next to you and ask the questions, what are you hoping for this weekend and what are you not looking forward to this weekend? What are you hoping for, what are you not not looking forward to? Just turn to the person near you if you would like. Okay, I know it's not very long, I hate doing that at church, cutting off conversation, Um, but there'll be lots of time afterwards you can ask those questions. For me, I'm hoping that we as a family have a good time and I'm hoping that we meet with Jesus this weekend. I'm not looking forward to the first night in a different bed. Do you know that feeling? You stay somewhere else and then you wake up and you're oh, I didn't really sleep very well. So um, those, you know, with those things in mind. If you've got a Bible or a Bible near you, if you could turn to um, Acts chapter 2. If you don't know where the book of Acts is, the contents page is a really good place to look. It comes near the beginning so I can find a page number for you. It is page 1032. Page numbers are at the top of the pages here. And friends, just as you do that, if you're new to the Bible, and I don't want to sound patronizing, but the Bible isn't just one book. It's 66 different books books of different sorts of writing. There's biography in there. There's poetry in there. There's wisdom literature in there. There's prophecy in there. There's letters in here. And we are jumping in at Luke, the sequel. So if you've ever read Luke, which is an account of Jesus' life. Did you know he wrote a sequel? And this is the book of Acts, okay? So that's what we're looking at right now. And if you've been around church, you will know it. If you've not been around church, I hope you enjoy it. Um, we're just gonna, I'm going to read verses 1 to 8, and then I'm going to jump on to verse 11, because I can't read all of those names. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Jump, 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 jump. 11b. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Friends, if you remember nothing else from this evening, I've got just two words beginning with E I want you to hold on to. The disciples were expectant, and the disciples were empowered. They were expectant and they were empowered. It's the story of Pentecost. If you're in the Church of England, we have kind of, um, they expect you to celebrate it. We forgot this year. Um, it falls kind of after Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and he tells them to wait For him, to wait for the one that's going to come after him, the one that's kind of promised it's going to be like him. You see, Jesus had turned these guys' lives upside down. They'd followed him for about three years, they'd heard his teaching, they'd heard miracles, they'd then seen him die. Which blew their minds and they were like, Oh my goodness, we're giving up. And then they see him resurrected from the grave. And one of the incredible pieces of evidence for the truth of the Christian faith is these guys went from doubting to being prepared to die for it. Something flipped them upside down. And that's that Jesus is alive. But in verse one we find them together in one place. Now maybe it's just Macworth, I'm sure it doesn't happen in tame. But in Mackworth, we people, you know, they've got their iPhones, they've got my playlist, they've got my wall, my profile, my story, my reel. It's all about me, or at least it's so easy when we pull our phones out to make everything about me. Friends, I could go home and listen to the greatest preachers in the history of the world just on this thing. I can listen to Lectio 365 every evening and morning. None of these things are bad, but it's not what we find in the book of Acts. The disciples were all together in one place. One of the things we found in the pandemic where there were lots of discussions about online church. And is it real church? Or is it not real church? And it helped us to think outside the bounds of what we do. And for people who are ill or work shift work or, uh, you know, for various reasons can't get to church, there are good things about it. But in the words of the musical Hamilton, I want to be in the room when it happens. Okay? Over the past few years, we've been privileged as a church to see people come to know Jesus. People, I'm sure, I know, I know you do here, but... Um, People coming in from outside, people who do not have church backgrounds. And the thing I find again and again and again is that people come in and then they'll start crying. And then they'll come up to me and say, Andy, um, you know, you must think I'm nuts. I'm crying. And I, I apologize initially for my singing. And then they're like, no, no, it's not your singing. Because there's something about, as we gather together as the people of God, we're not just doing karaoke with the words on the screen, although I know that's what it can seem like. As we worship God, his presence comes and dwells with us. And actually it's a safe place. And people are like, oh my goodness, I can let this out. And they don't know that's what's going on. Maybe you've had that experience, maybe you have. And it's not the aim to get people to cry, but the aim is to get people to meet with Jesus. And, and last Sunday, we, as a, um, we were baptising these people and we had a guest there And as I was talking about this, she just wept through the service. And she said to my friend, she said, I don't know what was going on there. So we want to be in the room where it happens. And guys, I know I'm speaking to uh, people that get this because you're here. You're here over the next 48 hours to build relationship with one another. But our prayer is that every single one of us here, God knows you. He created you. He knows you by name. And it's no accident you're here. You've taken time out and he wants to meet with you. Pastor John Tyson in the States says, God comes when he's wanted. Now, there's a sense in which Paddy is totally right. God is everywhere, he's waiting here for us. But there is also a sense in when we take time out, when we fix our eyes on him, he shows up in power. A few months ago, in a university in a small town in the United States of America called Raspberry, these students were meeting to worship, and this guy preached a sermon, and he said, basically the sermon was horrendous, it was awful. And some of them, some of the students just decided to kind of hang out there, and they began to pray, and they began to worship. And what started was day after day after day of young Gen Z, young people beginning to pursue the presence of God, began to worship, read scripture. There was no kind of big names, there was no celebrity culture, there were no tickets, just it was the presence of God. And these people wanted to stay, and people were turning up. Friends, let's come expectant this weekend. You may be thinking, Andy, I've just driven here. I've just had a day at work. You don't know what my week has been like. But God wants to meet with you this weekend. And sometimes in church, we can talk about God. Oh, yeah, God's my mate. And God is our friend. Oh, God's my father. Yes, he is our father. He's the creator, though, of the one who created all things. So as we head out there, as we look up at the skies, you head to the beach at different points and look out on the ocean. If you ever get to go to mountains, this is the God that we worship. And this is the God that wants to meet with you this weekend. How does that sound? It's incredible. Mind-blowing. But I know we can kind of get used to it. Oh, you're going to church? Yeah, the creator of all things is there. The big story of the Bible is... Could be split up into chapters. And so, if you just, I don't know if you've ever heard it put like this before, but there are six ways the story can kind of be split up into. There's lots of other ways, but this is one six way creation, fall, Israel, Jesus, church, eternity. Creation, fall, Israel, Jesus, church, eternity. Basically, created for relationship with God. We fell away from Him. God created a people for Himself, sent prophets and kings to draw people back to Him. They didn't do a very good job. So he comes himself in the person of Jesus. And then he sends out his people to continue the words, works, and wonders of Jesus in the church. And Pentecost that we just read about in Acts 1 is that starting of the church. Friends, I want to encourage you. Come expectant this weekend. A number of years ago when we first started that church that was a Chinese restaurant before and an indoor restaurant and hadn't been used for worship, I remember being in a service and the worship leader, the guy playing the, the music, he went off on one. Like We were singing songs we knew and then he just started to sing stuff out. And then he read from Matthew chapter 11 in the message paraphrase. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. This is the words of Jesus. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And that phrase, that unforced rhythms of grace, resonated somewhere in here with me. Because sometimes, on, you think about church, you're like, yeah, we've got to do rotors. I spoke to somebody on, she's like, oh, I don't get to speak to many people because I'm doing the coffee. And you think church is about rotors. And those things are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Paddy would love more people to sign up for rotors. Signing up, amazing. So, you know, it's not that rotors are bad. But actually following in the way of Jesus is about the unforced rhythms of grace. And so if you're coming here this evening tired, I want to encourage you to step into that. Be expectant for God's empowering. Because when the spirit falls, we get empowered. Sometimes we think that can be big and exciting, and it can be. But sometimes it's gentle and peaceful. Friends, one of the ways that I often experience that is when I have a bit of peace and quiet. And that can be quite hard when you've got kids running around and they rush in the door and say, Daddy, Daddy, can you come and see this on the Nintendo Switch or whatever it may be. But there's a song I love to listen to in a kind of a, a quiet time when I have that. And um, it says... Uh, It reminds me of that bit from Zephaniah 3 where it talks about God singing over us. The words of the song go, you don't have to do a thing. Simply be with me and let those things go. They can wait another minute. Wait, this moment is too sweet. Please stay here with me and love on me a little longer. Friends, I think God wants us to love him this weekend as we worship him. As we pray, as we hear his word preached, God wants us to come close this weekend. He wants us to come expectant. And as we do that, we begin to be empowered. Tomorrow we're going to be thinking about the kind of the action stuff. So if you're a person that likes to do things, we're going to get there. But the place it comes from is God's Holy Spirit, is him empowering us. Otherwise it's like, oh yeah, that guy at the front telling me to do this and to do that. And there's another thing to do the gospel is about something we receive not something we achieve Caleb could you grab something for me Tibby, can you grab it for me either of you don't mind one of you both of you it's not very large mind you the Swiss mountains in our church we have a little triangle. And its not, I didn't make this up. This comes from lots of church leaders far cleverer than me. There's a little triangle that has up and in and out. And the up bit is the worshipping God bit. The fixing our eyes on Jesus bit. The prayer, the Bible study. The in bit is what you guys are going to be doing, you know, gathering together, growing community getting to know one another. I spoke to some people a few minutes ago and they've not been with you very long and they said they're really hoping they can get to know people this weekend because you get to really know people when you've not slept very well on the first night and you're trying to queue for the coffee or whatever it may be. So that's the in bit and then the out bit is the reaching out to the people who actually who are around tame the people that are not part of your church the people who don't know jesus yet the people that don't know they're loved and that jesus died for them and he wants to give them purpose and meaning and forgiveness and a new identity so up in and out and if yeah we may may crack that open uh, tomorrow but we'll, we'll see how we get on but this evening is the up bit of the triangle we will get to in and we will get to out let's come expectant and to be empowered.